Hello and welcome to Masterpiece Car Audio Theatre. I am your host, Sir Hector Stewart. And with me today we have Jeffrey Ventura, Bob Gruff, and Martin Venchamp. It is Martin Venchamp. Whatever. Before we get this vehicle on the road, we're going to give you a little information about the book we are going to be reviewing today. The book we're reviewing today is Seven Eves, written by Neil Stevenson, narrated by Mary Robinette Kowal and Will Damron. The length was 31 hours and 55 minutes. We downloaded it from audible.com, and it was published by Brilliant Audio. Martin, would you please read the book jacket? It is Martin. All right. Uh, what would happen if the world were ending? A catastrophic event renders the Earth a ticking time bomb. In a feverish race against the inevitable, nations around the globe band together to devise an ambitious plan to ensure the survival of humanity far beyond our atmosphere in outer space. But the complexities and unpredictability of the human race, coupled with the unforeseen challenges and dangers, threaten the intrepid pioneers, until only a handful of survivors remain. Five thousand years later, the progeny, seven distinct races now three billion strong, embark on yet another audacious journey to the unknown, to an alien world utterly transformed by catalysm and time, Earth. A writer of dazzling genius and imaginative vision, Neil Stevenson combines science, philosophy, technology, physiology and literature in a magnificent work of speculative fiction that offers a portrait of a future that is both extraordinary and eerily recognizable. As he did an anathem in Cryptonomicon, the Baroque Cycle and Rimdi, Stevenson explores some of our biggest ideas and perplexing challenges in a breathtaking saga that is daring, engrossing and all together brilliant. Thank you, Martin. It is Martin. Well, it says Martin on my sheet here. It says Martin. Whatever. Let's get this vehicle on the road. Yes, it is a bone-chilling minus 21 degrees today. Not really fit for human beings, if you ask me, but we are in a vehicle and we do have a heater, so we shall continue. All right, gentlemen, would you like to say hi? Sure thing, Sir Hector. Hello and welcome to Masterpiece Audio Theater. Those are my lines, Jeffrey. Yeah, but I felt like saying it. You never know when you might, uh, you know, disappear. I might disappear. I highly doubt that, since I'm the host, and the only one here who knows how to use the recording equipment. If I wasn't around, no one else would know you were around either. Well, you just sit there and think you're the only one that knows how to hit the record and stop button, and I'll sit over here with the manual laughing at ya. Ah yes, Jeffrey, it's as easy as pressing record and stop, yes, that's all I do. Right. Ah, now that we've heard from you, let's listen to Martin. I told you it is Martin, Martin Vachon. I am uh, very pleased to be here. Thank you for letting me into the automobile for this book review. Honestly, I don't know why this guy's here. Jeez, get out of my way. You know, this back seat used to have a lot more room in it before your giant head got in the way. Ah, <laughs> and that is Bob Gruff. Welcome, Bob. I'll come to you too. Oh, why the hell am I even here? It's bloody cold out. You are correct in that, Bob. It is bloody cold out. But you're here because your name came up in the bucket. My name? I didn't even put it in for this bloody book. I hated it. 
You hated it, did you? Darn right, this whole thing is preposterous. What do you mean, preposterous? It could totally happen. Are you daft, lad? There's no way that moon is going to explode in the atmosphere. It's just not going to happen. Actually, uh, dear Mr. Scotsman, uh, yes, it very well could happen. Uh, we've been hit by asteroids uh, throughout the centuries. Ach, I don't believe it. You know, there was that tiny wee one that landed up in Siberia not too long ago, and it what hurt like maybe 12,000 people. It wasn't that big at all. Well, Mr. Bob, just because that one did not hurt people, if it had only been a little larger, or perhaps its trajectory was a bit sharper, we would have had a lot more people die. Ach, I don't believe it. I've never heard of nobody dying from an asteroid or a meteor. It just doesn't happen. Haven't you ever heard of the Chicxulub asteroid, man? That thing took out the dinosaurs. Ach, I don't believe in those giant lizards, neither. Knocking dinosaurs, where are you coming from? Alright, so we've established that Bob doesn't like the book. Wait a minute, you telling me you don't believe that there used to be 300 foot tall lizards walking around on this planet? That's exactly what I'm telling you. Well then, I'm done talking to you, because, come on man, that's like obvious, we got bones and stuff in the ground. Oh, well, take your bones and shove them, I doubt none of that ever happened. Oh right, Bob. Uh, we've got enough of your uh, closeted view there, I suppose. All right, Bob. It's time to get to the twenty-first century. Um, let's talk to someone else. Mar Marte. What did you think of the book? Well, I tell you what, Sir Hector, I thought it was a very interesting book. Uh, perhaps it was a lot of science, you know, there was tons of calculations and uh, many, many things about the gene uh, many, many things about the genes and all of those things, but having said that, it is very well thought out. And really, it could very well happen, huh? You know, we know that perhaps that 12,800 years ago, we had another asteroid hit the planet, and that may have very well reset humanity. So it's not improbable that uh, another asteroid could hit something else and cause catastrophic events. Thank goodness we have the Jupiter planet, for example, that takes away so many of these projectiles coming towards the planet. Ah, uh, yes, I think I've read before, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I think that we've established that the book was possible. Can we move on from that small facet of this story and perhaps discuss the story in its own? For sure, Sir Hector. I gotta tell you, I really enjoyed this book, all except for the narration. I thought the narrator was, um, really not suited for this book. Uh, and which narrator was that? I'll be honest, neither one of them was all that spectacular. I'd have to say I think they chose poorly for the female narrator. She just really wasn't into the story and I don't feel like she really played the characters all that well. 30 hours of listening to her has got me kind of on edge. Ugh, I agree with that at least. She's terrible. I had no enjoyment whatsoever from this book. Well, Bob, we all know that there are very few books that you actually enjoy, let alone very few narrators. Ugh. Don't go there, Sir Hector. There's many books that I like. This one, however, I just didn't see was plausible, and I thought the narration was terrible. I, yeah. Oh, talk about a long book, man. How did you stay awake for the whole bloody thing? Well, I must say, I did find it boring in a few places, but I do feel that there was enough action to outweigh that boredom. Oh, there was many cool things happening. Spaceships colliding in the human condition, people turning on one another. You know, there was a humanity to this story. 
Ach, you're no frightening me, humanity. Are you guys crazy? Ach, I don't even want to discuss it anymore. Well, unfortunately for you, Bob, we are not at our destination, and we will be discussing this until I say we're done. Aha, he's got you there, monsieur. <laughs> he is in control, so to speak. Ach, the only thing he's got control of is his bloody ego. I must say, Sir Hector, that I've really enjoyed this story. I love the science and seeing the interesting concepts being played out. I don't think that we are looking at perhaps what will happen, but it is certainly a possibility, eh? You know, the human condition, get these spaceships out of the Earth's atmosphere and build a space station. That would be something that human beings, I feel, would do. Oh, for sure, man. You don't think that those preppers would be ready to launch rockets into outer space to survive? Um, I don't think preppers were invited, Jeffrey. I think you were left on the planet to die. Ah, well, you know what? This thing's gonna go in the Nostradamus library. I think it's an important addition. We need to know what's gonna happen and how things are gonna play out, and I think this one here's got a lot of truth to it. Ah, uh, and why do you think that this one here has a lot of truth to it over so many other books, Jeffrey? Well, you know, I was listening to this guy named Randall Carlson, and he was talking about asteroids hitting the planet and all that. And after listening to this guy and his evidence about nuclear glass and, like, geological formations and stuff, I'm, like, gonna dig my bunker a couple hundred thousand feet deeper. That's all I gotta say. A couple hundred thousand feet deeper? What, do you want to incinerate yourself? Seriously, man. Why don't you go and find yourself a mountain and put yourself in the middle? Much safer. Thanks for the idea. I think I'll have to be hiring one of those whore-boring machines they use to do the channel. Ach, the channel! Another waste of money! Why the bloody hell would you even do that? A drill a train tunnel under the sea! Ach, how daft people are! Building bunkers and mountains, are we now? Oh. Anyway, let's focus back on the story. As I've felt with most of Neil's recent works, it's almost like the idea at the beginning was wonderful and well thought out and fleshed out, but by the end I did feel that it was a bit rushed, you know, like a hurry up and get it done sort of feeling. Yeah, I could say that perhaps it wasn't one of his best books, but I think that the idea was enough to make it, like, pull it through, you know? I think that the enormity of the book itself was enough. Hmm, yes. Well, what did you think, Martin? It's Marte! Ah, uh, I apologize, Marte. I thought that perhaps this book here was a bit of a challenge to take on, like, who? Like, seriously, who thinks about restarting the entire planet, eh? You know, there was a whole lot of things in there that was perhaps not normal to be thought of, and I think that he did a good job exploring all those things. Ah, creeps, all he did was put words to a bloody page. And lots of words. This thing was way too long, and it had way too much in it. I don't want to know about genetics, geology, and mathematics in a book. I want to be entertained, and there was no entertainment here whatsoever. Well, that's how you feel, Bob, but that's not necessarily how the rest of us thought. I know, for instance, Jay put a note at the top of the page saying that he really enjoyed the book for the story aspect of things and the possibilities. Ah, well, that guy's a daft bastard as well. I don't like what he thinks either. Ah, uh, well, we know where you stand then, Bob. Ah, like four and a half feet shorter than you should be. Are you trying to say that I'm short? I'm an average height for my town, you know. There's nary a wee lad towering over me. Well, then I think we've discussed the actual thoughts on the story. Let's get down to voting on the story. 
Bob. Let's start with you, since we think we're at the bottom of the barrel as it is. Ach, you're right there. I give a two out of five for this piece of shite. I wouldn't recommend it to no one. All right. And Geoffrey? Oh, man, I tell you what, Sir Hector, I think everybody needs to read this book. It might not be, like, the greatest book ever, but I gotta tell you, it's important for people to understand that we have got things out of our control in this universe, things that we can't change, and if we're not ready for those things, we're all gonna die. So I think it's important, and as far as the book goes, I think it was a good book. I would give it a four out of five. All right, and Martin, what did you think? Well, Sir Hector, I thought that this was a really good book, as far as the science fiction book goes. I would recommend this book to my friends who are of the science mind, perhaps not so much to the people who are uh, not uh, interested in these sorts of things, you know. I think you really have to like science fiction to enjoy this book, but me personally, I really like science fiction, so I am going to give this book a 4 out of 5. Thank you for that, and I'm going to give this book a 3 out of 5. There were parts in this book that left me very bored, and I think combining that with the poor narration, I might have blanked out in a few places, to be honest. With that said, what did we think of narration? Bob, why don't you venture forth your valued opinion? Are you trying to say something? I thought the narration was shite too. I gave the girl a two and the man a three. He's picked better people. You know, Neil Stevenson's no slouch of an author. Do you think he could pony up the door for a better narrator? Bob, seriously, we don't insult people on this show. That's impolite. Take it back. I would take it back. They should have found people who could do the job. Bob, we will have a discussion once this thing is turned off, and it will not go well for you. Oh, I'm shaking in my wee booties. Jeffrey, Well, Sir Hector, not that I want to say negative things about the narrators or anything like that, but I think that Bob's got a little bit of a point with the female narrator. I don't think that she was the right person cast for the story. Now, that might not come down to pay, but it certainly comes down to the producer picking this person and then sticking with them for 30 hours. Uh, I don't think so. I would give it like a 2 out of 5 as well for narration. I was not a big fan. Well, you all know that I didn't think the narration was spectacular either. I'm going to give the narrators a 3 out of 5. I am going to give the narrators a 3 out of 5. Well, you've heard it here, folks. We, as a group, cannot recommend this audiobook to people who are not into hardcore science fiction. But... If you are into hardcore science fiction, this may be a book for you. Or if you're just interested in the concepts of what would happen if our planet was struck by an asteroid. Or, more specifically, if our moon was struck by an asteroid and what that would do to this planet. I think it's important to understand that we are flying on a virtual spaceship through the universe at an unmentionable speed. And there are objects flying around us and we are likely to hit them at some point. And with that said, we would like to thank you for listening. From all of us here at Masterpiece Audio Theatre, we wish you a good morning and a good day.